now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, hello once again. It's Pastor Marty. And Tommy D. Welcome to our post-sermon podcast as we are continuing to uh, just journey through this pathway to maturity. And we just finished up week four. Yeah, week four. Week four. Yeah. Walking in obedience. It yeah. was powerful. It, it was a great message. It was a great um, actual example by one of our church members. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think and the impact was evident. And um, it was also evident the the enemy didn't want you to get that message out. That was funny. Microphones quit working, <laughs> voice leaving. Oh, man. You push through, rough. baby. It you push rough. through. I just had lunch with a pastor friend of mine, and he— uh, Churchy pastors, they were going through a season where before the COVID hit and they were having three services on a Sunday. I said, man, how did you speak three times in a row? He said, it was rough. And they're reaching a place now where they're about to have to make a decision on that again. Cough drops are his friend. Yeah, man. It's just, uh, but hey, it's a great problem to have to deal with. It's a good problem to have. Expand to the point where you have to have multiple services. So, yeah, talking about walking. Um, well, I knew that this was what you were going to talk on. I thought, man, this has got to be one that <clears throat> you were probably looking forward to. Am I right that all of last year you basically studied the life of Jesus and, and walking with him? Yeah, for the, for the last several years, I've uh, not like the whole year, but part of my personal devotional time has been committed to the Gospels and just looking at the life of Jesus and, and uh, seeing how— he lived, how he made disciples, and trying to use that model, you know, here at Charity. And uh, so, yeah, we've been been looking at quite a bit of his life for a long time now. So, and in just a few weeks, I'm heading back over to Israel to do another study, which would be my third time over, studying the life of Christ and where he walked and how he made disciples. And so part of it was learning obedience and teaching his disciples, what obedience looked like, which is the reason for the whole series, you know? Absolutely. So we want to we want to do it the way Jesus did it. And uh, we just want to flesh out the three. Yeah. Three ways. Yeah, let's do it. So, you know, and I, and I think setting it up, it's easy to get discouraged in our Christian walk because we do stumble, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, we talked in staff meeting yesterday about, pushing through parts of just uh, things you get excited about and I uh, forget what it was called. The dip. The pushing, <clears throat> pushing through the dip. Yep. Yeah. So you get excited about something and, you know, it's like beginning the year. I'm going to read the the entire Bible. Right. I'm going to go faithfully to the gym. Yeah. Uh, you name it. You name it. Anything that you get excited about, you you kind of hit, hit the ground running and then it kind of gets a little bit tiring. Mm-hmm. It gets a little bit feels like work, you know, and you hit that dip. And I think in our Christian walk, it's the same thing. Mm. You know, you, you get to a place where, um, maybe persecution comes or just you get discouraged in your Christian journey. Somebody hurts you at church, lots of things that causes the dip that we have to push through it and get to the other side of it. And I think that this is one of those things where walking in obedience isn't always as good as we might make it sound, man, you just live like God told you to live and everything's going to be great. 
Nah, there's going to be some difficulties. It, it would definitely be a lot easier to just do what culture does and throw in the towel. Yeah. Say, ah, I, I gave it a shot and I'm going to live for the world. That would be the easy path. But I was having a conversation uh, with somebody yesterday and I said, human nature and what the average person does is throw in the towel. Yeah. But you're never going to experience the mountaintop highs unless you push through the summit. Yeah. Unless you just keep, keep going. And, and as far as like walking like Jesus it's when we push through that he's going to reveal himself, and that's that mountaintop moment. Right. Or as we're walking, if we just always um, kind of bow down or do whatever we f- what makes us feel good in the moment. Because, you know, if you're, if you're on the mountaintop high and, and you're doing the right things, you know, and then you get depressed or you get lonely and you kind of, you know, whether it's, you know, you kind of binge into something, whether it be an uh, un- unhealthy lifestyle or something that just in that moment, it makes you feel good and you kind of give up on the task at hand, but you just kind of lived your life going from whatever makes you feel good in this moment to whatever makes you feel good in this moment. Whereas you and I both know that in those times when you don't feel like pushing through, you have to, mm-hmm. you have to open up the word of God. You have to live obedience. You have to say no to certain things. You know, back when I was a youth pastor here, my daughter, Lacey, she was the the worship leader uh, for our youth group. And, uh, you know, early on, there were days where she would come in here and practice didn't go well. And she was crying and she was like, dad, I just can't do it. And I'd look at her and go, yeah, you do. You have to. Right. I said, there's many Wednesday nights when we were doing youth service, I'd, I'd show up and I didn't feel like preaching, That's but right. you know what? I did it anyway. Sure. Because it's obedience. It's doing what you know you have to do. And that's what that's what this is all about. And uh we have to take those steps. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There's some sacrifice that's going on right there. Absolutely. And it's a daily death. <laughs> I love one of the things you pointed out in the in the sermon is um we think of crosses as a pretty thing we wear around our neck, maybe something you see in the baptistry. The people, the audience he was speaking to understood clearly what that meant. I mean, that was an instrument of death. It meant you were, you were, you're, there was no more life, right? Right. It was death. That's right. And so, <clears throat> but the first thing, and Paul's such a brilliant writer when you were flesh, you know, when you were going through his writings in Galatians, but um, to live by the spirit, you know, walking in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, walking in the spirit means that we're choosing to crucify the flesh, right? Because they're in opposition to one another. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and and walking in the spirit, you know. And I, I I spent a little bit of time on this, but does I think people do misuse that phrase a lot as Christians, right? Do you think that, or was I off base with that? No, I don't think so at all. I, I mean, yeah, we've seen it just here recently, you and I and a couple of the staff members were talking, people definitely take that out of context and misuse it. Yeah. And I think they use it to sometimes elevate themselves or make, make, make other people feel inferior to them. Right. And so I think it's an abused phrase by Christians so often. Um, the spirit told me to do it. Uh, it's a mystical sounding thing uh, that, that I think a, a lot of normal Christians, which I don't know that we all want to be normal Christians. Right. You know, we want to be a little step above and, and push through some things, but it does sound a little bit unattainable. 
it feels unattainable. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. It just sometimes people feel like that walking in the spirit is an un, unattainable place to be because there's a mystical sound to it that you've heard a voice that 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 I'm not hearing, and and it makes us kind of shy away from it. And so, you know, I'm a I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy, mm-hmm. you know, and I just the more plain it is to me, the easier it is for me. And that's the thing that I love about that Galatians passage is Paul just says, listen, here are some things very practically that if you want to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, avoid these things, pursue these things. Right. And it's pretty black and white. And and one of the things it, it made me chuckle is, I love the way that Paul writes because he he gives such a detailed list, and I love the way you broke it down. Here are some um, sexual categories. Mm-hmm. Here are some uh, religious categories. Here are some cultural categories that Paul's talking about. And if you're doing these, these are opposed to the Spirit. And then so he gave the opposite, so do these. And then he said, by the way, just in case I left anything out, anything like these. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, oh, well. Yeah, anything that you're doing to gratify the flesh, right? And uh, I think the list is pretty straightforward. It is, uh, and and he laid it out there for us. We don't have to rehash all of those things, but but I think that we, and if you're not if you're not in the Word of God, if you're not surrounding yourself with the right kind of people, the draw of the flesh, it's awfully hard. Oh. It it is a strong pull. Can I, let me. I'll say even if you're in the word That's of God too, and you're yeah. surrounded by <laughs> godly people, the pull of the flesh is is hard. It's strong. Yeah. It's strong. And and just which one of those do you struggle with? <laughs> just oh kidding. man, I'm joking. This is not time for confession. That's what <laughs> That's we're talking about week. this coming Sunday. Yeah. Um, but you know, if as you look at those, um, yeah, there's just it, social sins. Let's just let's just look at social sins there. Uh, you know, the the amount of strife that we deal with, the amount of jealousy I think that social media creates, mm-hmm. uh, fits of anger. I've never had one of those. Never. <laughs> never. Yeah, I would say that's probably what I struggle with the most, uh, you know. Really? It, oh, yeah. Well, just a short fuse Yeah. It, if I'm in the flesh. And the problem with that is it flies right in the face of the fruit of the Spirit that he goes on to talk about. Yeah. So one of the things I did when I was studying and I never did, it, it never came fully together. So I didn't use it is I tried to, you remember the, when you remember when you were in school and they would put things on one side and they would put things down. Yeah. So in columns, one left hand mm-hmm. column, one right hand column, and they would tell you to draw a line between the two that mm-hmm. connected. Yep. And, and so I did that with these. Yeah, I did it with these. Yeah. So I looked at the, 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 all the, the works of the flesh and I, I created that list and I forget how many there are total in there, but probably about 16 or 18, I forget. Um, so I made that list. And then on the right hand side, I had the list of the fruit of the spirit. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and what I did is I just tried to go, all right, this work of the flesh, if, if I was going to say sexual immorality, which fruit of the spirit listed over here overcomes? So when I'm struggling- Self-control. In, yeah, yeah, right. exactly. So when I, some of those were very easy, right. and, but my lines got so crossed. Yeah. Um, but I think that would be a good personal Bible study exercise. Very cool. That when I struggle with this, which fruit of the spirit 
do I need to work on in order to overcome that? So yeah, let's just say sexual sin. What do I need to do? It, well, it's self-control. Or it could also be love. I need to make sure that it's either your spouse or your future spouse that um, that I would be sinning against them if I gave in to this sexual immorality or this sexual desire. Um, and so you could just work your way through that whole list, and and it's the antithesis That's right. or the antidote, I guess, to that work of the flesh. Yeah, I don't know if it will, they'll always pair up identical or easily, but they were working pretty good as I was working through that, but it was going to get way yeah, too think, long to do that. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think our culture, the sexual immorality is so prevalent. I, I just said for me, the fits of anger, which obviously, you know, um, patience, kindness, peace. Self-control right? again. Yeah, self-control. <laughs> that, that Those are the antidotes to that. Um, and then I think of something we see all the time now, you alluded to it, is social media. So we get envy, mm-hmm. but having joy, oh, right? Yeah. Joy regardless of... Man, I should be able to celebrate if I see something going well in your life, not be envious of it. And so, but that's a fruit of the spirit. That yeah. that would be a cool study. Yeah. So there you go. There's some homework. And uh, if you have a need for a Bible study, that one could take you a few days to, to work through that and really just to work through that. Um, so we talked about, you know, when, as we are walking in obedience, we need to learn to walk in the spirit. And there are some things that, Paul just lays it out evidently, you know, that here's how you can walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And, and you don't have to question it. It's, it's laid out there for you. But then um, walking in love, hmm. which is a fruit of the spirit. But, it, you know, Jesus was very intentional about this. He put it on display for his disciples. And he said that uh, by this will all people know that you're my disciples if you love one another, mm-hmm. or if you do as I have done. Some examples of love from Scripture, any that you can think of where Jesus was demonstrating love for oh. people we might not desire to. The woman caught in adultery. Yeah. I mean, in the act, and he extended grace before he spoke truth. Mm-hmm. Um, the greatest act of love is him submitting and going to the cross. Yeah. But one of my favorite uh, exercises to do with people, and I do this at premarital counseling, and I tell them, which is true, I do this with myself regularly because love is a fruit of the Spirit, but I just go to the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient, kind. Uh, It does not boast. It is not easily angered. And so I said, these sound beautiful. So Mm -hmm. just do me a favor and replace the word love with your name. So I'll say, well, Tommy is patient. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm right? I'm, I'm already doing bad. I'm, I'm kind. Well, I try to be. I'm not easily angered. Well, I just admitted to everybody listening to this podcast that that's what I struggle with. Um, and I go through those things and I said, if I'm being honest with myself, I struggle in a lot of those categories. But then I said, well, here's the beautiful thing. Now replace your name with the name Jesus. Hmm. And he is the perfect personification of love. All of those. He is love. So when you, last week we're talking, as Christians, our lives, our goal is to to walk like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Well, how did Jesus walk? 1 Corinthians 13. That was his life manifesting itself. I've said this before, um, and I'm not sure if it's right or not, but it, it 
from the, in every indication you read the book of John, which John talks a lot about the love of Christ. That's where right. we got for God to love the world. We get this passage here. Um, but John called himself what? The one that Jesus loved. He said, the disciple whom Jesus loved, the one whom Jesus loved. And that's how he referred to himself. And when I would hear that years ago, I would go, man, that sounds a lot, very arrogant, you know, that, that he would think he was the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I, one day I was studying, I don't remember how it came to me or if I read it somewhere. I don't think I read it. I think it was just one of those moments where I went, I'll bet everybody felt that way around Jesus. Mm -hmm. I'll bet Peter felt that way around Jesus. I'll bet you Nathaniel felt that way around Jesus. I'll bet you the woman caught in the very act of adultery felt that way. I am the one whom Jesus, whom Jesus loved. loved. Amen. And, and so John just referred to himself that way, but I think everybody who was around Jesus, and some people make you feel that way, right? Absolutely. They, they, I was going to say, we all know people that you've probably been introduced um, to somebody by so many different people, and they all refer to this one person as their best friend. Yeah. And you walk away <laughs> right. going... Well, he was John's best friend. Yeah. How is he Mark's best friend? Yeah. And, and then you realize everybody, everybody feels like they're best friends with this person. Yeah. Same way, like Jesus. What if what if people walked away from our relationships feeling that way? Mm. Man, I'm the one that really Marty loved. Right. That's I'm good. the I'm this I'm the church member that he loved the most. I am the friend that she loved the most. And uh, man, what a great way to to view yourself in the in light of Jesus, the one whom Jesus loved. But that's just the way he made people feel, and that's what he said we should do: love mm -hmm. the way Jesus loved. That's how people will know you're a follower. I think one of the best ways to do that is just being present. Yeah, actually being present when you're in the moment. So, you know, you might be spending thirty minutes with this person. And an hour later, you're going to be spending 30 minutes with somebody else. But, mm -hmm. but when you're in that time with this person, they're getting all of you. Yeah. And then when you're with the next person, they're getting all of you. Yeah. And so, you know, they just, they feel completely filled up. Gosh. So, but these cell phones, said than done. Yeah, these cell phones take us out of the moment. Oh, I'm so guilty so of it. Yeah. And I'll go through these phases where I'll go, man, I just, when I'm with people, I have to intentionally make sure I put my cell phone down. And don't, we can seem to multitask and I can talk to you while I'm checking Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But we really can't. And we really can't. No. I'm not giving you all the attention that I should be giving you. And gosh, if we would just put this thing down and even when our, with our kids and our grandkids trying to capture every moment on, on the phone, you know, rather than just capturing it. When we were kids, Tom, we didn't have cell phones. That's right. Right? That's right. Our parents didn't have them. But can you vividly remember certain things in your mind? Absolutely. You don't need a picture for That's that right. because it's in your brain. Yep. God gave you a way to to capture images, capture moments. And I don't know how we got off on that, but I think it's the love it's, thing. Yeah, well, it's being present. Giving the attention. It's giving the present. Um, yeah. It's funny. You asked that question. My sister posted a picture on social media a couple of days ago for my birthday, and it was a picture of me picking a wedgie when I was like <laughs> eight years old, seven years old at a water park. And I was talking to my parents. They were laughing at the picture. And I said, you know what? I remember that day vividly because we weren't, we weren't posing for pictures right. constantly. Yeah. 
I'd jump in my dad's arm. We'd take off down a water slide. We'd see who could splash mom the the biggest. Yeah. You know, it's just being present and rather than trying to capture the moment, live in the moment. Amen. There might be a sermon somewhere uh, in there. You know, that, that might be like a series. It's a good good <laughs> bottom line there. The uh, you know, and then the final thing we talked about in, in walking in obedience is walking through suffering. You and I, as long as we both been pastors, we've seen people True. walk through some suffering. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you journey with them. Uh, you know, we, yeah, yeah we go to specifics, but you just journey with people and you see how even in their suffering, they learned more obedience, but they demonstrated that they were already walking in some That's level right. of obedience. And it shines a massive light straight to Jesus. Does it ever? Gosh. Does it ever? And people, people watch how we deal with suffering. And, you know, whenever Paul wrote, you know, that, that we don't grieve as those who have no hope. And when we go through suffering, when we go through trials, um, you know, memorizing the Beatitudes and he said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Wow. Blessed are those who suffer and suffer well. And, you know, it just, there, there's some people that just do that in such a way that demonstrates that they're walking in obedience no matter what. And it's not always easy to do. It is not. One of my favorite sayings is, um, and I didn't come up with this, but nothing speaks louder to the unsaved world than a Christian who suffers well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that saying. And I, and, and I believe it's so true because the reality is whether you're a Christian or not, we're all going to experience suffering. Yeah. But when we can suffer well, knowing that, right, this is just a blink of an eye in the grand scheme of things, regardless of what it is that we're going through, yeah. nobody wants to suffer. But when we have the right perspective in the suffering, the lost world will see that and say, man, I don't know what it is that you've got, but I want it. Yeah. And it just shines a spotlight wow. on Jesus. Suffering can become the megaphone. Sure. For the world around us. Absolutely. It's our opportunity to, as you say, to shine that light brighter, to make that hope known even more to those around us because suffering can become, it can become that megaphone. Do you know, do you remember that one, another saying it's uh, Jesus whispers and he, he whispers, it's like he whispers in the good times, but it's like a megaphone and yeah. suffering. Something I like can't. That. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot. I can't wow. remember it. But. Just butchered that. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, <laughs> the uh, the megaphone sev- saying is that one I was trying to remember who. <laughs> I've heard it years ago. Right. It's been around for years, yep. and you know, you get on this is live. It's not like you know we're we're not like cutting it and chopping it, making right. it sound good. It's it's raw footage. You they get, get it all from, our flaws, <laughs> all of it exactly. Um, but you know, walking in obedience under God's authority—that's where ultimate freedom is found. And so we have we have got to make this a part of our lives is we're going to, we're going to live as Jesus lived, be a disciple of his, then we must learn obedience in all of those ways. And, and I thought Zach's video demonstrated it well. He, he articulated it well, the things that he's gone through in his life. Uh, and, and, you know, I think it just touched a lot of people. I had a chance to talk to him just this morning and, um, yeah, and I was talking about somebody else and I was bragging on them at their work ethic and how they wake up and get started at work every day about four thirty and 
and he was saying that that's about the time he wakes up every day. But the reason is because he wants to put God first. Mm. And he knows that if he wants um, to not be distracted by life, work, business owner, kids, family, if he wants 30 minutes, 45 minutes of uninterrupted time, that's when it's going to be. It. And I just, man, he's on fire and it's yeah. so contagious. It's yeah. so good to see. It is. Well, this week we are going to wrap up this series on uh, walking in maturity. And we are going to be talking about just cleaning up after yourself. A little confession. Should I go ahead and start now? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait. Do it on the podcast next week. Okay. Yeah, yeah no. So. Hey, any new listeners out there, thank you so much for listening today. And please share it. And uh, let's just get more people in tune here. And so any final words? Nope. All right. God bless you all.